Raccoons, robots, and resurrections. Welcome to Marvel vs. Marvel. It's a podcast where a comedian who has never read a Marvel comic book before in his life watches a Marvel movie or TV show and then quizzes another comedian. This one is a Marvel expert. This one was taught to read with Marvel comics. Welcome to the show. My name's Rob Holt and I'm a a comedian, I'm a writer, and I'm also the Marvel expert in question. The Marvel expert in residence. Um, And joining me on this journey, because it's his journey really, he's the ignorant in residence, it's Mr. Will Preston. Uh, Yes, I'm locked in my own room, don't want to have any information leaking in through the walls, want to retain ignorance in my little cell. (laughs) And this is an episode where we're taking a look at Guardians of the Galaxy, the animated series, with Guardians Volume 3 in cinemas this week. We're using the 2015 animated series as a way of exploring the major characters and major events that are in that movie, according to the trailer mm. um, and everything that's come out about it. So Rocket Raccoon's past, the High Evolutionary, who's the main villain, and Adam Warlock, who we know from the trailers has been cast and is in it as a major, major role. That's what we're going to be able to cover by looking at three special episodes from that 2015 animated series. Coming up today, we explore Rocket Raccoon's wild and secret history We'll find out just exactly how powerful the High Evolutionary is, and we'll dive into the past of Adam Warlock. We go behind the scenes on that Guardians of the Galaxy animated series, behind the page on the creation of Adam Warlock, who is one of the most important Marvel characters of all time. We're exploring some truly bizarre Marvel trivia today. Make sure you don't go anywhere. I'm jazzed for this one, Will. Me too. I'm really looking forward to it. I can't wait to see the movie. Um, we've neither one of us has done that yet. It's not out here yet. We've got a few more days before it comes out as, mm. as of record time. But this seemed like the perfect way of doing it, right? It's we know there are going to be these major things, uh, according to the trailers and the kind of the press releases that's going to go on in Volume 3. We can't do an episode on Volume 3 just yet. But why not check out um, some of the episodes from the uh, well-received, well-thought-of 2015 Guardians cartoon. This is your first experience uh, watching this, uh, this this series? Indeed, it is, it is my first experience watching this series. I did not know it existed. I did not know that Disney uh, went, you know, maybe we should make a cartoon out of this. It was pretty popular. Insanely popular, yeah. Insanely popular, the Guardian Galaxy was. The toys were flying off the shelf as well, the the Rockets Blaster and the Groot merch and all that sort of stuff. I think that tips it over from being, it was a popular movie. Like, you know, you might might be able to say, oh, uh, Black Widow was a popular movie. Is is Black Widow appropriate to become a cartoon (laughs) series? Probably not. But when you can push all those toys out and all that merch out, ooh, baby. Um, So I'm really excited to get to do this because Adam Warlock's one of my favourite characters um, Mm. in Marvel. And I'm like I'm really pleased we don't have to wait a few years until we get round to covering Guardians Volume Three in our sort of podcast timeline. In the MVM timeline. In the MVM verse, yeah. <laughs> the, sl- the sliding MVM timeline. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and we got a big announcement about the next main show yeah. episode as we uh head back into the MCU proper. You're going to want to stick around for that one. Um, yeah, man. I am I think we're firing on all... And it's our, first, it's our fourth year. This is the start of it, Will. This is the first episode of the fourth year of Marvel versus Marvel. It's MVM phase four. 
Faithful <laughs> Volume 4. Um, what a versiversary we had. Um, putting out some uh, some of our cool bonus episodes. We put out mm. uh, Wolverine Enemy of the State as Ooh, a main show. That was good. Um, we found one of our weirdest obscure Marvel episodes in uh, the time that M- Spidey went on Saturday Night Live and met <laughs> Bill Murray. Uh, we're going to put that one out there. Um, we looked at the Amalgam Universe for our special Versiversary bonus episode. Oh, that was just tremendous. And so then we, we we put out our, our live show as a special for everybody on Patreon. The live show record went out the other day. Um, already hearing tons of love for that and people getting to see themselves if they were there and people in America that weren't able to make it, being able to see our, our live show, see our beaming faces um, for the first time in a long time as we explored uh, one of the What If episodes. Um, yeah, what? just a great month. Just a, a packed month, but a great month. Yeah, absolute jam-packed. Do you think we've got another three years in us, Will? <laughs> two, and, two and a half. Two and a half. Another two and a half. Day, we had a bit of a day yesterday recording bonus episodes. Uncle Rob was not in a good mood. There was a bit of bickering uh, as we jammed this weekend with work. And, yeah. and it's like a marriage, isn't it? It's a bit like a marriage. It, it, it is. Together. In every way possible, it's like a marriage, yeah. Uh, and and part of it is, what I think is really nice, and m- maybe you don't feel this, maybe this is just me, but... As with any relationship, there are things about me that annoy you and things about you that might annoy me. But I, I, I don't ever, I, I'm never, I'm never like, I, I'm always mildly amused at the things about you that annoy. Like, I'm always like, oh, that <laughs> rascal. <laughs> like, I'm never, I never have a level of like animosity. It's always like, oh, I can't believe he's, I'm half smiling whenever I'm like, he's done it again. <laughs> yeah. I, and there's the, I think there's a, 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 a groundswell of affection that runs through it. So that you can have these things where you go, I can't believe you're doing that, or I can't believe that's happened. I have to and rein it go, in. Bleh. I do have to rein it in at times, but other times I'm like, oh. no, I'm going to do it again just to annoy him. When you know I'm already annoyed at you, you just have a ball. <laughs> I don't know what it is. If you're on Patreon, there's two episodes coming out later this month where you'll get to hear all of that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Let's take a trip now into the mind of a muggle. Um, The the synthesis of this podcast, if you will, Mm. is that... There's a yin and a yang out there of, of the fan experience. And me and Will represent that yin and the yang. I represent people that have um, the very small minority of us that have been reading Marvel comics like most of our lives. And so when these characters and stories come out on TV shows and cartoons and movies, we're experiencing it in a different way. We're looking for the adaptations and what have they changed and all that kind of stuff. And Will represents the majority of Marvel fans who consume these things through the cartoons, TV shows, and movies first because Will's never read a Marvel comic. Nope. And so we have two different perspectives on what's going on. Let's pick your muggly brain now then, Will. Pick Not away. au fait as you are with uh, Marvel comics and the Guardians and things. Um, obviously, you mentioned you, you hadn't seen this, so you weren't aware of this uh, show at all. I, I think the only awareness I had might have been going through Disney Plus and then seeing it pop up, maybe, like a little right. panel pop up, like, and I go, oh, they made a cartoon out of it. And then I immediately forget it because th- this happens to me. My my ADHD brain does this where I just forget things and I convi- I'm convinced things never happened, but they did. 
they should. I mean, as when we talked, to, we looked at in our, in our last deep dive. It was um, Days of Future Past, mm. and you talked about how you always were drawn to the X Men cartoon series because you like it. Just makes sense. They just look like such a colourful group of characters to do yes. a, a cartoon series about. Do you get the same vibe from the Guardians? Because it, it seems to me that they're perfect for that. It, it seems like the perfect for that, but I'll be honest, I think the film did a good enough job. It wasn't like you see the X-Men film and they're all wearing leather and it's moody and they don't have as many characters. It's like, with the film, the Guardians of the Galaxy films, it's like, I think I've got just about my feel, you know, need, uh, my, my, my my feed for it. You know what I mean? Uh, my, my belly's not quite full, but it's like, I've got enough from that not in a way that like I can't have too much Guardians of the Galaxy I'm looking forward to the next film but it's but I'm not going oh I'd really love uh, a multi-episode mm. cartoon series that really deeply explores the universe because I, I felt that the movies did j- that just enough for me do you think I mean this is I mean I don't want to be dismissive to, to animation but I certainly mm. feel that if X-Men had been done the other way around, mm. I wouldn't have been interested in an X-Men cartoon series particularly. Same. Do you know what I mean? Same. Like, it's like, almost to me, the 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 definitive thing is a movie. Yeah. Or a live or a live action TV series, it's good. Like, live action. When you do a cartoon, it's almost like a half point. It's a step along the way, almost. So, if you'd got this series first, it, in the 90s or the 2000s or whatever, it might have been received differently. But I, I really do take your point, and I feel I'm the same. Once you've got a movie... That being said, the I know because the Avengers had the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes before the film came out. Um, they did, they did pop up in that, didn't they? Yeah, the Guardians of the Galaxy did show up in Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Yeah, um, it's the same team. Um, they're not quite as fun because they came about before the movies came out. Yeah, they were quite well. Obviously, you had uh, <clears throat> Rocket Raccoon and Groot. Mm. So it's like they were mostly how you'd expect them in that in that cartoon, and it's like yeah, it's fine. But Star Lord wasn't quippy, and I think because he's know, not quippy, he's not quippy. He's, no, not, he's he, not very he, quippy in the comics. He's just he's just a standard. Not not. So, I don't want to well, put him down. He's, he's sarcastic he's and so, he's cynical. Yeah. Cynical. Um, yeah, that's kind of his driving thing, and he's self-deprecating more than he is. A hilarious joke about the situation He'd, done in a kind of a Joss Whedon Buffy esque yeah. tone. He hadn't been pratified yet. <laughs> Had not been pratified. Let's oh, make the hero like a, oh, he's been really pratified. It, that the, guy. Pratified is when you turn the antagonist, the protagonist, into a slightly lovable schlub who just gl- gl- drifts along through the film. You've seen what's happened to uh, Mario these days. Oh, he's been right pratified. He's pratified. Yeah, um, he's been de-Italianed. Well, <laughs> so, just so you come off of those movies, that, the, the, the first movie, I guess, by 2015, because you, you yeah. really loved that. That we talked about this in our in our deep dive on the movie. You really loved that that movie, as so many oh, people yeah. did. Um, so, but but the thirst wasn't there for the thirst was there for more movies, but not necessarily a cartoon series because it's like it, it's almost a step down. Maybe it it, it felt like that. But I think that with the X Men, it feels more. More of a need for a cartoon series because you're introducing this uh, thing where there are mutants all around the world. Everyone has different powers and everything, and so you go, mm. "Oh, I would like to explore more of that world. I'd like to see more of these characters." But with Guardians of the Galaxy, you do while you do get fun characters, while you do get these little things, it, 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 it's almost like it's like you feel like this is kind of like Star Wars, kind of like that, and I don't want to be trawling through every single bit of lore about it and exploring it too much because mm. it's just. 
It's not like, I don't know, I get a different vibe from the X-Men, if you know what I mean. It's hard to explain. It's interesting. The lore of the X-Men and the, the, the wider world of the X-Men is something that's appealing. You want that world building. You don't necessarily want it with Star Wars or with Guardians, hmm. um, which is interesting. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I come from it from a perspective of, having read the comics already, I know what that wider kind of cosmos and galaxy is like, and I was really interested in, in, in seeing more. And I was... I was kind of pleased that they they were able to fold in a lot of different like they they really do some things in this series. There's two seasons of it, I think. Yeah, and they really they they cover um, a lot of characters that you aren't going to see in the in the movies. Then again, that's what we thought would we get. We're going to get High Evolutionary and Adam Warlock. Um, Interesting in the in Volume Three. Oh, okay. Um, I, I didn't know we were going to get High Evolutionary in Volume Three. He's the he's the principal bad guy. Amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah, my so god. Th- that's, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> yes. Um I also I, I I believe in the trailer we get the 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 cancer verse. The, I was well, about to say yeah, cancer. that looked very much like it, which we've covered in one of our bonus Ooh. episodes. Yeah, you've um, really prepared me because well, yeah. I say prepared. You've you've done the opposite of preparing me because I was like, I'm prepared already to go in and enjoy the volume three, and now because of what you told me through the bonus episode, I'm there going. Oh, this is going to be a lot. I'm not prepared anymore. <laughs> so, of course, you, you've already met Adam Warlock in the bonus episodes. Yes, yes. Um, and you've already, um, yeah, and you, we may have slightly touched on the High Evolutionary, slightly. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, um, we're going to dive right into everything. And speaking of diving into it, I'm going to uh, shine a signal onto the moon and summon forth Mr. Hollywood to uh, help us... Uh, <laughs> Go diving through the, the the trash cans and the dumpsters of Hollywood to dig up that dirt and tell us what he can um, about behind the scenes on this uh, animated series. I won't, I won't yell at his name. I I'm a little worse for today. But but I, I oh good. I, can we have that every week, Mister Hollywood? No, I'll summon some strength. Also, I find it hilarious that you're using a most likely expensive device to shine a signal on the moon to get the attention of someone who's. Digging through bins. <laughs> Horrible. Because he's, he's a mystery man that cannot be uh, contacted. He cannot be contacted. Yeah. Yeah. You mystery. remember The Tick? The, the oh, series, yes, I remember The where Tick. Where Chet faced Chippendale in the first episode, his big mission is to write his name on the moon with a giant laser. And The Tick <laughs> stops him like halfway through. And for every single episode of the rest of the series, Chairface <laughs> Ch- is written on the moon <laughs> in the background whenever it's there. Because it just you can't do anything about it. I love that. It's brilliant. What a series. Oh, brilliant. Anyway, Mr. Hollywood's in, uh, in town. Most likely Hollywood. Uh, I'll start from the beginning. On July 26, 2014, at San Diego Comic-Con, a week before the release of the Guardians of the Galaxy film, Marvel Animation announced the Guardians of the Galaxy animated TV series with a trailer featuring Rocket Raccoon and Star-Lord. With the success of the live-action film, Marvel and Disney XD announced that they were moving forward with the animated series at New York Comic-Con. So it, it looked like it, they, 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 they were getting in place to do this while the, while the movie was just about to come out. That's really interesting because then yeah. you haven't had any of the feedback. You haven't had how much money it made. You haven't had the fact that it proved, you know, it, it tested well with kids and it's going to be, 
you know that that, that cartoons are going to come out. You have you know that sorry yeah. toys are going to come out. You haven't had any of that. Um, so that that is interesting. Um, what, it could, what it could be is they could be trying to capitalize on potential success of the film and a cartoon series without putting anything down is probably a lower risk venture than a than Hollywood. Yeah, film. yeah, maybe maybe from yeah, it, it could well be that they've they've um, they've got all those things in place of with a, 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 a variety of fun characters. You know, perhaps they've got all the markers along the way mm. that let them know um, okay, this guy this this is going to be something we really um, going to lend itself well to a cartoon series. It's absolutely. Jeff Loeb, head of Marvel Television at the time, said, This is a very exciting time for the Marvel Animation Studio as we get to explore the cosmic side of the Marvel Universe by developing the first ever Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy animated series. After starring in the biggest movie of 2014, everyone wants more of Star-Lord and his crew. Now they'll get it. Now they'll get it. Now they'll... Oh, now now they'll pay. (laughs) On how the cartoon ties uh, into other Marvel cartoons, executive producer Stephen Wacker said, You can take this show on its own. The best of Marvel continuity is put together by fans at a later date. We just focus on this show on its own. There are some fans who could look at the Guardian showing up in Ultimate Spider-Man and say that maybe that's a version of the team two weeks from now. What's important for us is the team now and that sorry, is the team now and that now is spinning off from the movie. That's the team now. Team now and that now, now is spinning, spinning off, off from, from the movie. There we go. That now that now from the movie. These should have done quotation marks with them now, never mind. That doesn't mean we couldn't explore some shared continuity later on in the show now that this one is established. Stephen Wacker's, uh, Wacker went on to produce uh, other Marvel cartoons such as Hulk and Agents of Smash, Ultimate Spider-Man, and Avengers Assemble. I think some of those might predate this. Um, uh, Stephen Wacker was also an editor from Marvel Comics. Oh, really? Yeah, he Bloody worked hell. with... So, so the, the team that we see in this... Um, in this uh, in all the movies in this series, is a team that was put together and written by writers Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning. Mm. And Stephen Wacker worked with uh, Abnett and Lanning on on the series they did before. He worked with them when they were at DC Comics doing Legion of Superheroes, which is a DC cosmic super team. Um, so uh, he worked with them and knows their mindset. He also worked with um, Brian Michael Bendis on the rebooted Guardians of the Galaxy series after Abnett and Lanning left. Mm-hmm. Marvel wanted to bring the team back when the uh, around the time the movie was going to be out, and Stephen Wacker worked there as an editor on that. So, you know, he's... Um He's got his. Uh, he, it's not. He's no stranger to the you know the comic book characters, the continuity, or indeed the kind of the the mindset of the writers that create. Uh, not not quite well created this team. Anyway. Mm, I get you. I get you. Supervising producer Marty Eisenberg said, "When I sat down to develop the series with Heaven, uh, sorry, he- why am I saying it like that? Henry Gilroy, the show writer. I had a brief introduction to the Guardians." because they made guest appearances on other Marvel shows. My initial belief was that we would just continue 
from where we had established them in these other shows. But after looking at some scripts and with some encouragement, in particular from Joe Quesada, executive producer, we followed more of the timeline, characterization and tone of the feature, which we loved. We were delighted to be able to basically start from scratch and use the feature as our template. To really, When he says feature, folks who he, might be a bit yeah. older and younger, he's talking about a movie. Movie, feature <laughs> Some movie. old people will talk about movies and might call them a feature, feature. if they're American. Yeah. To really do something that was more along the lines of a galactic caper movie, we made a conscious decision that the majority of the audience will have been introduced to these characters through the feature. As much as we could mirror the backstories and setup of the feature, the more familiar it would feel, the more comfortable the audience would feel coming into it. We based some things on what was established in the Marvel Animated Universe, but on the other hand, you could also look at this and say, well, this all takes place before Spider-Man met the Guardians and before the Agents of Smash met the Guardians and before the Avengers met the Guardians. You have to do a little mental gymnastics to get the full continuity. I don't like that as the second producer in a row that basically says, well, continuity doesn't really matter and you can do whatever you want. <laughs> what's like, what's in, continuity in, when it's at home? <laughs> and it's always been an issue with these um, cartoon series because... They like they do two seasons and then they get cancelled and then something else takes its place yeah. and it's not related to the it's last like, series. It's, it's almost and like a they, redo. They, yeah, Marvel can often have like two or three like cartoons running at the same time that might not have anything to do with each other, which I don't <laughs> like personally. Like no, I, in I the nineties, they kept them separate, but you'd at least have uh, crossovers between. Marv, uh, Spider-Man and the Avengers that would use the same actors mm. and whilst they wouldn't necessarily kind of have, have much to do with each other's universes it wasn't like Spider-Man was meeting the X-Men for the first time and, never, and didn't know who they were yeah he was like oh it's the X-Men yeah you know um, yeah who knows who knows who knows it's I it's it's hard to do that because so many different wheels beyond you know outside yeah. of your project turn. it is yeah especially when those different shows are being made by like different production companies and oh, stuff yeah. and might be on different channels interesting enough uh, Marty Iceberg uh, previous writing credits include quite a few different things such as the X-Men animated series Batman the animated series the 90s Spider-Man series uh, Naughty's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle series uh, the Beetlejuice cartoon the Mask cartoon and uh, some people might remember this one Gargoyles some people might remember this one that's the best one on the list um, <laughs> yeah but no like, one talks about Gargoyles anymore quite a lot of people that worked on Gargoyles worked on the anime, Batman the animated series yes. I know the guy that was like uh, a bunch of people that worked on Beetlejuice worked on the X-Men animated series. So, yeah, a lot of crossover going on there. I, I don't know if we've mentioned Gargoyles before in the pot on this podcast, but every time I think about it, all I can think of is the Freakazoid spoof they did where it was just gnomes. They're lawn gnomes. I don't remember that. Oh, it's, oh, it's right. basically done the same style as Gargoyles where it's like dark and brooding, but they're lawn gnomes. <laughs> Gargoyles is so good, man. I started rewatching it through the uh, Disney Plus, you know, last year sometime. I watched the first few episodes, and I was like, "God, this is so moody and so yeah. atmospheric," and it and um, and like all of the Star Trek Next Gen cast are in it. Isn't uh, Keith David in it as well? I don't know who Keith David is. Oh, he, he he's got that voice. He he pops up in everything with a kind of dark, brooding voice. You know, he'd be. He always sounds like that. Do you ever do you ever see season six of Community? Uh, yeah, 
He, he was the. Oh, okay. Yeah, Keith, Keith David. Da- yeah, yeah, Keith David. He was in the but thing as well. What's more interesting is mm. that they use like a whole bunch of cast members from Star Trek: The Next Generation. It's very <laughs> odd. Like you might you might have one person, but for it to basically be oh yeah, Worf's here and yeah. and Counselor Troy's here and this person's here and that, but like it was a very odd. Um, arrangement, but they must have like been near to each other production-wise. If I remember right, I, it was I think it was Cheers. One American sitcom had a surprisingly large amount of Star Trek Next Generation actors playing little bit parts. It might have before been... they were before they were yeah before they really yeah. really really made it. Finally, in regards to influences from the Abner and Lanning Guardians of the Galaxy, Marty Eisenberg also said the Abner and, Lan- the Abner and Lanning run uh, and the comic- current comics run were definite influences. There's great stuff that we can pick and choose from. While we won't be directly adapting any stories from those books, there were elements where we felt, oh, that would work well for our series. That would work well for our series. Cosmo will have several appearances in the series because he's just too great a character not to use. We'll be seeing the Collector and the Grandmaster, as well as Ronan. We do see Thanos and a few more from the Marvel comic universe that we sprinkle in there. We, As far as the team itself, we are remaining true to the core five team members. In the comics, there was sort of a revolving lineup as they often did in the Avengers as well. We're sticking to the core team. <laughs> he says that like like it's some sort of um like uh philosophy of theirs rather than a cost saving measure. <laughs> like we can't afford to add any more major characters. Like it was like we're gonna stick to the Yeah, do, of course you are. Every do, cartoon has to do that. Do you know what? Um, if if you phrase something or frame it like a, a massive philosophy rather than a cost-saving measure. People people come on board better with it. <laughs> people more on board with you, what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Let's cast our minds back to 2015 when this series um, came out um, after the movie had already done, uh, done the rounds and been incredibly popular. And let's take a look at what was happening in the world. What was happening in your world, Will? Oh, man. Well, 2014, I went through a very hard time towards the end. Oh, here we go. You, you need... <laughs> it's never light with you on these. Ne- never it's light. Always, it's always one of your family members died and you went to see a movie or something. It's just... It's, uh, well, you know, you start with the bad, then you, you know, just to get that o- over with. But no, no, 2014, I, I, I discovered I had depression towards the end, and I, 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 but I started improving myself and, you know, getting it involved in exercise for the first time in my life. And then 2000, I was determined. Medication and I, is also available, folks. Medica- exercise is not always the cure for mental I, health problems. I, I was about Ding. to say, yeah, yeah. In the long run, I realized, oh, I should have looked deeper into this. But, I, I I was more conscious of it, and uh, I also managed to get contact lenses uh, done for in two, early 2015. Basically, the whole thing was 2015 was like I'm going to be a new person. I'm going to be so great, right. and, then, and then things. I'm going to get contact lenses. Gonna get, uh, yeah, I'm going to have the best eyesight. I'm going to get in better shape, and I was enjoying things more. I also were. Well, I think I was in. I was in a band for a bit as well. Ooh, what were they called? Inside the circle. Inside the oh, circle, God. we did we did a song called Hell Hydra. Oh, a Nazi song, eh? <laughs> yeah, I know it's fun. Uh, <laughs> it's what you do when you're in a metal band. You make vague reference to Nazism without exclusively endorsing it, or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I came out weird. I, uh, I I I had some good times. Uh, I I I I started a relationship that would last for a year and a half uh, before I met my wife. Um, 
I was just enjoying life. I was enjoying life so much more for the first time in my life in 2015. It was a really positive, wow. positive year for me. Um, I think I just, I just quit my job. I think I just, I, I um, worked in a pub uh, for about eight or nine years, mm. and I think I just. I was building up my writing work um, mm. and writing comedy for other comedians, working with comedians, helping on Edinburgh shows, but also um, writing funny, funny content for small businesses and things. And I, I think I got to a point maybe to the end of 2014 or start 2015 where I was like, hey, I, I, um, I'm making the same money working for myself mm. as I am working for someone else. It's great having two lots of this money, but... I could quit the the job that's the hard work and put invest more time in myself and working for myself, um, and wouldn't that be a thing to do? I'm mm. still not sure, like that's a, that's a tough call because you are halving your income. Yeah. Like, um. So I did have to cancel. I think all my comic book uh, subscriptions for the first time. Ooh, and that's a big step. start a life without regular ongoing comics. Uh, just because I I I didn't have as much money coming in, but I started to yeah I left the pub trade. That was that was kind of hard. That 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 pub had been a second home to me for yeah. ages. It was my actual home um, for a while, and it gave me like a second family of of, of regulars and weirdos and stuff. Um, and it's not like I left forever. I would eventually go back and become a regular, but it was kind of a weird time. But yeah, writing 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 comedy was the it was the start of a. I think it was around that time. Maybe it was a year before. I'm trying to. I'm trying to tie it all in. Uh, what was going on in the world is that um, some stuff to do with Greece and not paying, <laughs> not paying things. Some stuff to do with Queen Elizabeth. There's like this historical stuff that's on the list. That I'm just going to ignore. Um, uh, <laughs> NASA found liquid water on Mars. Cool, but more importantly, the confused John Travolta meme made its first appearance. Huzzah! <laughs> yes. um, there was a, a global climate change pact agreed at the COP21 summit. But also, we had the big dress debate. Huzzah! Do you remember that? Yeah. Is it black and blue or is it gold and white? Uh, in case um, you haven't realised at home, uh, Rob is making fun of the notes I put down, which were serious real-world events. And he's put... It's the fifth time we've done it like this and the fifth time I've had to say, stop putting dull stuff on it. I, I don't know where the line is. <laughs> You do. Yes. Yeah, we've said before, no deaths, no terrorist attacks, no wars. It started with a whole bunch of that. And then it goes on to, I don't know, Queen Victoria's old. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> but do you remember the, the, the dress debate? What was it for you? It was, uh, what was, jeez, I'm trying to remember now, because it really was confusing. It was gold I, and white for me. I couldn't understand thing. how anyone was seeing anything other than gold and white. Well, do you remember there was a similar thing where it, was it YAML or something? Ya yeah, y what were you hearing? What were you hearing? It's, but that's, I, I, that to me is more understandable, because mm. I've done those things before where mm. if you focus on a written word and it plays a sound, you hear that written word. Yeah. And it can change it. This is what I'm seeing. This is my... I trust my eyes more than my ears, you know? It was a weird one, this. Um, and I, I did enjoy John Travolta turning up everywhere, very confused. Oh, I was very, very happy with that meme. Because it was just... I just loved the way that it's just... All they had to do was superimpose him on various things and immediately it's like you know what's going on. This is perfect. It was mad. In the music world, uh, Casey Perry performed at the Super Bowl... 
Um, Sam Smith cleaned up at the Grammys in the US, winning four awards for Best New Artist, Best Pop Vocal Album, nice. Record of the Year, and Song of the Year. We lost Ben E. King, B.B. Uh, King, all the kings, and Lemmy. Lemmy's um, a king. He's a king. Yeah, all the kings in one year. Um, Taylor Swift's Bad Blood video came out, and that's the one which is like, it's like almost like a big action movie. The video yeah. is really well made. And like every single famous woman of the of the time is in it because they're all mates with Taylor Swift. And it's this, <laughs> we had the squad became a thing. And then yeah. squad goals became, it was like a whole big thing. Um, now let's check up on Will to see if he recognizes any of these songs. <laughs> the, the top singles of the year, Hello by Adele. You must know that one. Yeah, yeah I know that one. How does it go, Will? No, I can't. No, the problem is. Do you know what the problem is? I I know. I roughly know the song, but the moment yeah, I start thinking know about the it, words. No, no, no. You know, you know the title. No, no. Do you know what happens? I immediately think of Lionel Richie's "Hello." <laughs> <laughs> My brain auto corrects. Yeah, it was that a cover. Song. It was a cover version of uh, that. Um, Uptown Funk, Mark Ronson <sighs> featuring Bruno Mars. I saw that one. I adore that song. I absolutely <laughs> adore that song. It's so um, good. I had, a, I had a Mark Ronson hip hop album from years ago that was really cool. He worked with loads of different um, mm. artists on on it and, and collaborated and made a whole bunch. Um, yeah. I forget what it was called now, but it's really good. Um, Thinking Out Loud by Ed Sheeran. That one's not much fun. Yeah. Um, See You Again by Wiz Khalifa featuring Charlie Puth. And that was, of course, um, from Fast 7. Oh, was, okay. Tied in with uh, the actor Paul Walker passing away. Um, Trap Queen by Fetty Wap as well. Um, top five singles of the years of the year. Um, in in the TV world, um, mm. Better Call Saul earned, uh, earned its first episode. What a TV as Mad show. Men aired its final episode. Um, what did we you had think of? Break- what did you think of Mad Men? Really, really, really good. Yeah. I liked it. It was like a well, but I I, I like to think of it as a very well executed soap opera basically because there there is like you know the workings and goings on of like the office and stuff and like the different relationships changing well but what i mean what drama doesn't have i mean yeah true true so yeah. soap soap opera is kind of sometimes just just i mean if you took like affairs and relationships and things out of dramas you haven't got much going on have you um i think all dramas have those kind of things going yeah, on true unbreakable kimmy schmidt came out for the first time mm. um sherlock returned with a Christmas special that explained the cliffhanger where Sherlock was definitely dead. I hated that resolution. I hated everything after the second series of Sherlock. It was so I, bad. Were, yeah, and I think there were there were full episodes of those two series I didn't particularly enjoy. Well, yeah, this I think is it the, was patchy and spotty, that, that show. Sherlock, I, I, I loved it at the time, but I think it's like aged badly in my head, head or something somewhere. But like they'd always have one season would have one almost isolated episode that was the really good one. Like they did How yeah. the Baskervilles and uh, some other things. But even when they seized the bad seasons, they'd still have a one good episode. But the whole overarching plot towards the end just got stupid. Stupid. Um... Marvel and Netflix released the first season of Daredevil and the first season of Jessica Jones. Um, whilst uh, CBS launched a brand new Supergirl TV series um, with uh, Callister, Ali McBeal uh, as, well, as a major role as well. Oh, wow. um, did you see any of Supergirl? No, 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 I didn't. I, 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 I don't know if it, it's, it might have. I don't think it's still on the air, but it only just got axed. Um, so it ran for a really long time. Yeah, I heard good um, things. It's it's um 
Yeah, it's interesting. It, it's it's very Smallville esque. Yeah. Um, in the movie world, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio finally won his first Oscar um, <laughs> for the lead role in The Revenant. Uh, the Minions became the first non Disney animated film uh, to gross over one billion dollars. Um, Mental. And it's currently the fifth highest grossing animated film of all time. Have you seen Minions? No, I I don't want to. It's been it's it's been saturated everywhere and I always see minions as like a red flag of someone's like like a drunk auntie is sending a really bad joke on them. But Will, you media. love memes. You love memes. The, these do. aren't good memes. These are terrible dad jokes with a minion <laughs> in the corner laughing. And I'm like, that's how I associate minions now. It's terrible, terrible jokes. Because I got little rugrats in my life, yeah. um, I've seen it a lot. Is it good? I think I liked it the first time it came out. Uh, the first time I saw it, sorry. Mm. And the same with the second one. But then you just, sometimes kids just, kids will kill your enjoyment of anything by making you watch it a hundred different times. They're literally um, the worst. <laughs> okay. Specifically my my nieces and nephews. <laughs> I'm kidding, uh, I'm kidding. The Rocky franchise was revived with Creed. Yes. Yes, I watched all the Rock. I, I, did, a, I did a marathon where I watched all the Rocky films. I remember, yeah. And... Man, I Creed, but the first two Creed. I haven't seen the third one yet. But the Creed films are great. I loved them. All. Although Rocky Balboa might be my personal. Rocky favorite. Balboa was brilliant. I really loved I, that movie. I yeah. was in tears at the end. It was such a good film. And speaking of Rockies, uh, <laughs> The Rock joined the Fast and the Furious franchise. <laughs> Highest grossing movies of 2015: Star Wars: The Force Awakens, yes, um, which rates in over two billion. Uh, Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. Um, was the second. Fa- uh, Furious 7 was the third highest grossing movie of the year. Avengers Age of Ultron um, with 1.4 billion. Jeez Louise. And Millions, as we mentioned, took over uh, a billion as well. And the superhero movies of that year, nothing from DC uh, but, in the ooh, year 2015. Too busy working hard on, on the Justice League. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, we had Avengers Age of Ultron, we had Ant-Man and Fantastic F four or yeah, I, 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 I want to cover that at some point. I want to, I want to watch that, but only if we do it on the podcast because I don't want to watch it twice. You don't want to watch it for no reason. Yeah, I have to have a purpose for this. In um, in Marvel Comics in 2015, um, we had things like uh, the teenager Amadeus Cho, who had long been uh, psychic to the Hulk, yeah. um, became the new Hulk. Um, Peter Parker became the CEO of Parker Industries, a worldwide tech company that replaced Stark Industries in the Marvel Universe, essentially. Um, Peter Parker's life completely changes as he now has access to huge resources of funding, tech, works with governments around the world. The Spider-Man suit gets tricked out with high-tech gadgets. um, And it does not go well. Have we we covered any of this? Because this... I don't know if, no. if we no because I was thinking this sounds like it should be familiar but it's not ringing any bells. It's towards the end of Dan Slot's like uh. ten year run on the character, and he does this. He has this amazing ability 
to constantly change the status quo of Peter Parker's <laughs> life, but without ever changing, because he knows the heart of the character so well. Mm. He can do things like this, and um, it sparked a huge amount of uh, backlash from people mm. um, who, were, who were like, this isn't right, this is not what P- Peter Parker should be broke all the time. Like, the point of the story is to show a journey. Yeah. And it, it, it has all these things happen, and it all goes terrible, and, and everything gets taken away from him again. You know, uh, the ha- there have to be journeys involved. Oh yeah, um, it's like when people were complaining that the that Superman in the nineties they changed Superman from regular Superman to uh, an electric being of energy, and people were like, <laughs> "This is not Superman. It's a story. They're going to change him back. Calm yeah. down. Um, See where it goes first, then complain." And also in 2015, the entire Marvel universe is destroyed and then rebuilt during Secret Wars. Um, the very first time that Marvel have done something like this, and it was akin to DC Comics crisis events, which that company uses to adjust their continuity. Um, and it's the first time Marvel had done a big scale event, ended the universe, rebuilt it, and adjusted their own kind of continuity. Um, the biggest result of this event was the return of the Fantastic Four, I guess, but also the destruction of the ultimate Marvel universe. Oh, um, and we were looking at something on Rob versus World the other day, uh, just how mega and popular and important the Ultimate Universe was to Marvel. Two thousand and three, like the top ten best-selling comics in any given month, like five or six of them are Ultimate Marvel. Mm. Um, by two thousand and fifteen, they destroy that universe and the storyline, and then they fold certain Ultimate characters into the regular Marvel universe, which makes Miles Morales, for the very first time, a part of the regular 616 universe. So Miles Morales exists in the same universe as Peter Parker for the very first time. Let's take a little trip behind the page now. We're looking at the Guardians of the Galaxy animated series from 2015 to take a look at three elements that are really important to the to the brand new guardians movie volume three in the cinemas this week it's rocket's backstory it's the high evolutionary who looks to be the main villain antagonist of this movie and adam warlock who we've seen uh, appear in the trailers as well of those three things adam warlock is by far the most important for a period of time in the 90s, Adam Warlock was the most important character in Marvel Comics. Is the figurehead of the biggest Marvel crossover event ever, one of the best-selling, The Infinity Gauntlet. Mm. If you told a Marvel reader in the 1990s that there's going to be this movie, a big movie, about The Infinity Gauntlet and Thanos, but Adam Warlock is not in that movie their heads would explode. Because Adam Warlock is the the hero of the Infinity Gauntlet story. It's, and it's two massive sequels. It, it, he is the lead guy, the lead superhero. Not Tony Stark, not Thor, not Hulk. Hmm. Adam Warlock. Like many superheroes, Adam Warlock has died and come back several times. In fact, more than most, because resurrection is kind of his thing. But behind the scenes... This character has had more bites of the apple than most characters ever get. He's a character that should have faded away into obscurity half a dozen times, but kept returning to comics in major ways time and time again. His first appearance 
well, it's debated actually, but it's in the Fantastic Four in the nineteen sixty in nineteen sixty six. There's actually a bit of debate as to what counts as the first appearance, because in Fantastic Four sixty six, in nineteen sixty six, he first appears inside a cocoon. Mm. Right, so you never see the actual character. So the debate is: does that actually count as a first appearance? Yeah. In the following issue in '67, the actual full character is seen for the for the first time. So some count '66, some count '67. <laughs> um, that's happened a few times in the past where a shadowy figure will appear, mm. um, and then the next issue is revealed who they are, and there can be a little bit of debate as to well, what actually counts as his first appearance with Wolverine. It's a bit similar as well. Wolverine appears on the final page, in in full, but he appears on the final page of an issue of Incredible Hulk. And then the next issue is the full story. Right? Uh, it's cliffhanger, yeah, where yeah. it's like, Wolverine's there with claws. So it's like, well, what is the what is the one that sells the most? It's normally the following issue, because Wolverine's on the front cover and he's in the whole issue. To begin with... The character is not known as Adam Warlock. He's simply known as him. Ooh, um, spooky. And he's introduced like uh, like a lot of wild sci-fi characters of the 60s. Has a madcap story, leaves, and then a couple a year later, a couple of years later, turns up here and there, mainly fighting Thor. Um, and that was kind of the pattern for cosmic characters. At the time, the cosmic characters were the Fantastic Four and Thor. Galactus did that journey. Um, once he'd appeared in the Fantastic Four a couple of times, he'd show up in Thor. Ego, the Living Planet, you know, similar similar deal. Um, but in his first couple of appearances, the character didn't really strike much of a chord, or didn't strike Marvel as as being like a major character that just had to come back for more stories. Mm. Um, in all probability, the character would probably have faded away. And and maybe never been used again. And then one day, writer Roy Thomas saw Jesus Christ Superstore, <laughs> Superstar and thought, wouldn't Jesus make a great superhero? <laughs> so in 1972, Roy Thomas, who is Stanley's successor at Marvel Comics, yeah. wanted to create a Messiah superhero yeah, okay. whose life would parallel major parts of Christ's life albeit in an action-adventure way. Okay. Instead of creating a brand-new character to fit that role, Roy Thomas and artist Gil Kane resurrected him from the Fantastic Four and um, the Thor stories, and he was given a new name, Adam Warlock. Um, Because of the scope of the story they wanted to tell, a story that would involve adam warlock becoming a messiah figure and having followers and all sorts of things the story couldn't take place in the regular marvel world that we all know mm. it would just be too dominating and too big and it would kind of change everything that would happen that would happen in america yeah so a replica of earth was created counter earth which existed on the other side of the sun to oh, the real earth we spoke about this before haven't we yeah, and it makes a counter-orbit that forever hides it from our sight. Mm. You can never see counter-Earth because the sun is always in the way. Mm. And vice versa. Counter-Earth was exactly the same as our world. I think it's a bit smaller. Um, and Adam Warlock would have adventures, um, would save the world, would become the saviour of the people. He'd fight a fallen angel 
Um, he'd eventually be worshipped by followers until he's vilified by the government, publicly executed, and then resurrected. Mm. Um, and that's the the first major Adam Warlock story. With that experiment over, it would have been pretty easy to um, for Marvel to sort of... I mean, if you think of, of a very controversial figure... Um, especially in America, which is still driven quite a lot by Christianity yeah. in the 70s. It would have been pretty easy to imagine that controversial figure just disappearing quietly, Marvel mm. being reluctant to ever kind of bring up that time they did super Jesus the story. <laughs> um, well, this is where writer Jim Starlin gets involved. Jim Starlin is the name in cosmic stories and particularly marvel cosmic comic book stories he took over the comic book the strange tales comic book that adam warlock was in and revamped adam warlock again um making him he was completely separate counter earth was gone nothing to do with jesus anymore he makes him a cosmic hero um and there's lots of psychedelic influences in the, in the comics jim starlin introduces the idea and creates the infinity stones mm. um and he makes thanos a major recurring villain um and a major part of warlock's story and uh, this series is eventually cancelled in the 1970s and once again adam warlock fades away into the background of the marvel universe and that might have been it except that in 1991 marvel tapped jim starlin to write their most ambitious story of all time. The first true crossover event mm. in the history of Marvel Comics. There had been things like the first Secret War and Contest of uh, the Champions, where they were limited series that featured a lot of characters. But this story, the Infinity Gauntlet, was the first time that a story had crossed over into every single Marvel comic being published mm. one way or another it would all tie into the Infinity Gauntlet the story of Thanos building the gauntlet and trying to destroy the, the whole universe mm. the story was originally meant to feature Thanos and the Silver Surfer as the main characters battling over the fate of the universe with a whole bunch of Marvel heroes as backup mm. but before the event began Marvel like checked in with Jim Starlin and said, Hey Jim, just let you know, now you're back at the company, gonna let you know. Another writer is about to start using Adam Warlock. We just wanted to let you know, just in case if you've got plans for him in the big crossover event, yeah. that takes precedent. But if you don't, let us know, this other guy can use him. Jim Starlin didn't have any plans for Adam Warlock in Infinity Gauntlet, but also absolutely hated what this other writer planned to do with the character. <laughs> So Jim Starlin lied to Marvel and said, yeah, now he's a big part of this. Um, oh, God. And to save Adam Warlock from a writer that he didn't like, Jim Starlin resurrected Warlock one more time, the most important time, and made him the central character of the Infinity Gauntlet, the biggest, the single biggest Marvel story of all time, replacing the Silver Surfer as that lead hero role. And ever since then, ever since that prominent role in the most prominent story, Adam Warlock has repeatedly returned to prominence time and time again. A fascinating character. 
part science fiction experiment, part messiah, part cosmic adventurer, part insane sorcerer with a dark side, a true powerhouse of a character. I don't know about you, Will, but I think it's appropriate in this Guardians of the Galaxy episode, which is about evolution a couple of times, to ask <laughs> to ask the audience, isn't it about time you evolved? Yeah. Isn't it about time you leveled up? Because right now you're at level one. You're a proto-human. You're barely Homo erectus. You're scrabbling around in the dirt, listening to this podcast each and every week, and not even <laughs> saying thank you, not giving back, not being part of the community. You're off swinging in the trees on your own instead of forming a little caveman community there with a bunch of other people, right? Isn't it about time you became an evolved being over at patreon.com slash Marvel versus Marvel? You liking this, Will? I, <laughs> Patreon. Love, I love it because you're essentially going, hey, monkeys, give us money now. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying evolve and be part of a community. It's the only way humanity's ever evolved is community. Patreon.com slash Marvel versus Marvel. That's where you can support the community. Support yes. this show for just £3 a month. The price of a cup of coffee cheaper than one pint a month. And it goes to a great cause. And that is you get to evolve. Nothing to do with us, guys. You get to evolve. You get to step up. You get to be a better person. You get to level up. Evolution has never been so cheap, baby. Because it's only evolved creatures that form societies and communities. And that's what we are at MVM. And it's time you gave back to this community and supported us. Think of the hours that we put in to research, write, record, edit these episodes. Mm. Think of the hours of entertainment and joy you get from this podcast a podcast unlike any other you can't tell me anybody does what we do you're wrong 20 minute youtube video <laughs> half hour podcast here's what i think is gonna happen here's what i read on wikipedia get in the bin yeah this is marvel versus marvel it's real history it's real context and it's hard work, hard slog, blood, sweat, and tears, and me getting crabby at will. That's what this podcast is. <laughs> we put it all out for you guys. You can support us, patreon.com slash Marvel versus Marvel. It's where all our awesome content lives. Um, there's tons of ways to support us there. In exchange, you get access to amazing rewards. You can get early access to every show. You can get fun mini bonus shows every month. You can get the the big episodes. The full-length ones are deep dives into full Marvel stories. You can get exclusive video content for the top-tier players. There are 69 bonus episodes available right now. We uh, Last month, Will... We dropped Amalgam Comics for the Versiversary. <laughs> a deep dive into the time when Marvel and DC merged their universes, merged their comic books, got brand new timeline. Featuring Wolverine and Batman become Dark Claw. Yeah. Spider-Man and Superboy become Spider-Boy. Iron Man and Green Lantern become Iron Lantern. What was that like for you, man? Because that was like tons of new characters and stuff. It was so much fun. There was some real genius going on there as well and some utter madness too. It's 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 something else. Lots of world building. Yeah. And it came in the middle of a like 
a massive event that was already happening, Marvel versus DC. Mm. And they just went, what if in the middle we did the most insane thing you could ever imagine and we hired <laughs> the best people to do it? Incredible. We've already, got, we've already gone past this line. Might as well do this as well while we're here. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, perfect time to do it. That's that's what you get on a full-length bonus episode. This month, since Guardians Volume 3 is in the cinemas, we're going to take a deep dive into the biggest Guardian story of all time, War of Kings. The Shia Empire, which has long been an ally to the X-Men, friend of humanity, well, there's a new emperor sat on that throne, and they are very, very aggressive, and they set their sights on the Kree Empire, starting a galactic war that threatens everything. A dark secret from the X-Men's past threatens to end it all. Um, the Guardians, the Inhumans, the X-Men all got to get involved, including Adam Warlock, to keep things on the rails. It is a massive one dropping this month on Patreon for anybody at that VIEP tier, the £10 tier or above. Um, if you've only got that £3 per month to throw our way to evolve yourselves and save yourselves, then you're going to get cool stuff anyway you're going to get obscure more marvel each and every month a mini show where me and will look at the most ridiculous and obscure moments and characters in the history of the marvel universe this month will it was the cobra (laughs) (laughs) how did you feel about that sneaky slithery boy that fought thor i'm still thinking about it (laughs) he's got loads of powers he slithers around he's got batman gadgets it's so, okay, okay, I, I won't give anything away, but one of his gadgets made me even go, actually, he's pretty, he, that's pretty cool. That's pretty <laughs> just, cool, but the rest of it's terrible. Halfway through the episode, Will's just like, I like that. I like these things. Um, <laughs> but the rest of it going, it's too, too stupid. And Thor had some amazing plans in that issue as well. There's some pretty <laughs> cool plans. You liked them. Two really good plans. Yeah, I know. <laughs> We drop obscure Marvel every single month for everyone that that pledges and supports the show. Um, You can get access to... um there's 30 mini shows for everyone at the, uh, the, the the bottom tier to get. You can get early access to every show if you go up a tier. You can get access to full-length bonus shows. And then, Will, you can show us what you're really made of. You can go up to that uh, wrecking crew tier. You can mm-hmm. be like Peter J. Brandon Schmigilski, Randall Schmidt, Zach Thomas, Bas De Beer, Sam, Bindi, Sue P, Jack Davis, Billy Brown, Zubair Q. The list goes on and on, Will. Yes. Those are the people that give more than you can imagine. They give the most. They are the pillars upon which this podcast rests. They are the foundation upon which we are built. They support more than anybody else. Massive shout out to the Wrecking Crew. Mm. Everyone's got a big sweaty pair in that group. <laughs> and they whack their cheddar on the table every month. In exchange, they get access to exclusive video content like Rob versus Will, um, our uh, our comedy podcast, which this month features us taking a look at an old uh, issue of Wizard Magazine from 20 years ago um, mm. and diving into the, the the history of Marvel and the comics and TV from 20 years ago. Um, plus, whenever we watch one of the new coming movies, uh, we make a uh, awesome uh, video just for the guys that do the right thing tier, and we'll be doing that with uh, Guardians 3. Um, and that's all there is. Um, that's 
what's going to take to break into that tier. It's going to take 20 shekels a month. Um, massive shout out to those guys. There's so many ways you can support us, guys. We're joking around about evolving and leveling up and everything, but we know you love this episode. We see the downloads. We see that you're out there. We see that you're 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 you're, you're taking bites of the apple every single week. But we don't have adverts. We don't have sponsorships. We don't have promotions. We're not trying to sell you erection tablets and mattresses every two minutes. <laughs> you get this this show completely uninterrupted. We are only funded by you out there, the community. So do the right thing. Head to patreon.com slash Marvel versus Marvel. On the other side of this break, it is the patented MVM deep dive, and we're going to get into Rocket's secret history, the High Evolutionary, and Adam Warlock. <laughs> 